Welcome to the Jesus is Winning Podcast. I'm Mark Baxter and I'm your host. Get ready to be encouraged and inspired from gospel stories around the globe. Jesus is on the throne and he is winning. Oh, this week on our podcast, Jesus is Winning, I've got the pleasure of introducing you to a man who I first met in Jacksonville. How long ago was that, Craig? A couple of years? That would have been 2020. So, oh, um, back in good old COVID time. <laughs> that was the, the, the heat of COVID. So, yeah. Uh, so, we, we did some training together and uh, got to know him and saw him putting it into practice here in Jacksonville. And then uh, he moved to Southeast Asia. Just uh, was over there and met him uh, or saw the work that he's involved in in uh, August, and it was really encouraging. So, Craig, tell us, uh, how did you end up in the country you're in, and uh, how did the Lord do that in your life? Well, I've, I've worked with international students for the past 10 years of my, my working uh, career, volunteering in, in small colleges and actually a big university, helping international students get rides, enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy Easter, give them places to stay, and really a transportation ministry. And, and uh, one, one winter, uh, I, I had the pleasure of going to, to Vietnam uh, and visit some friends, uh, students and a family. And they'd always said, you, if, once you get here, it's cheap to live in Southeast Asia. Uh-huh. And and so I did, and wow, they they were not just kidding. We're talking one dollar <laughs> one dollar meals, two hour flights for seventy dollars, three hundred dollars a month rent is is probably pretty high. Um, and I went, wow. Uh, so I'm working with international students, hoping that they come to know Jesus, accepting keep him on the brain and, and growing for 8 to 10 to 12 years and finally go back to their home countries. What would it look yeah. like if I moved here? Huh. And, and so uh, I started pursuing that and uh, some, some prayer partners of mine as we were praying for unreached people groups in Southeast Asia. Um, and there was only one in Vietnam. And I went, okay, that's it. I know people in Vietnam. I don't know anybody in Thailand. Uh, uh, behold, some of my prayer partners did, and and so I was introduced to uh, 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 Teacher Hunsani, and uh, wow, uh, she just rocked my world. I loved the the city. Uh, Eighty thousand yeah. people wasn't huge like Bangkok or uh, Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah, And so I put wheels in progress of what that actually looks like to live here. And I announced in an early retirement and set the wheels in motion to come actually start working with uh, uh, churches and people directly instead of working with students and waiting for them to go back. So. Wow. So you've retired from the normal uh, work here in the U.S. and then uh, moved to Thailand. And now how about you know, we always hear uh, the challenges of learning a new language. How, is, how has that been for you? 
<laughs> that's absolutely the biggest challenge I actually have. Oh, I bet. I really was just, I've been successful, um, praise, praise God, and, and everything that I've been able to, to do. And I says, I'll learn language in a couple of years, piece of cake. And I'll just say, okay, how hard can that be? And so now I'm here at two years and I'm thinking, okay, maybe five years I can <laughs> yeah. actually engage in a deep spiritual conversation with somebody. So, uh, oh, yeah. Thai is not, not easy. It's a tonal language. And yeah. So I, I have survived oh, Thai and, and, and I, and I studied Thai a lot. Yeah. In, I bet. So that's, that's the, the hardest thing. I have found that's absolutely key. And while it'd be easy to throw in a towel and say, I'm just going to use a translator. And, you know, I've seen you do amazing things with that. I've watched translators and, you know, I can watch somebody speak back to me, answering a question I asked for five minutes. And I get a one sentence response of what they just said. I'm pretty sure I missed something. Yeah. So the language has been challenging, but how about living there? Is that something that you're enjoying? Living there is 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 easy. I mean, the ties are very, very friendly. They're very easy to yeah. get along with. And um, the uh, Thai food is awesome. And so, again, I'm blessed. I I, I didn't come traditionally with, with a team, um, but I moved into an existing church who uh, was open to truly learning how to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples and build a kingdom. So praise God for that. Yeah, that's awesome. So you just mentioned uh, the making disciples who make disciples. We had talked earlier. Uh, I did a little research on Thailand and found that, you know, the first Protestant missionaries, people like yourself, arrived there a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> and still, uh, from I don't know if you could verify this or not, what you've seen, but it says uh, on, on websites I've looked, it's still only about 1% Christian. Is that? It is. It is. That's, and it's really, that, really sad. Um, and, and here's what really makes that truly sad is there's a freedom of religion in, in Thailand. We, we can absolutely, we have the freedom to go share and talk to anybody about Jesus. Yeah. You can't do that in Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, China, and yet Myanmar, and yet all of them are over 2%. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I, I, that's just sometimes very, very, very challenging. In and, my mind. You, and why? Why would you think it's that way? I, I think they can fall into the comfort of um, <clears throat> everything has to be in small underground churches for growth in these other places. Uh -huh. um, organized churches are really, there are some, there are some in all, all of those countries, but true growth uh, and, and is happening on an underground level. And, yeah. and once you do that, it's much easier to to grow that um, because you're going. You're actually going to other people to start new groups where Island is pretty comfortable building a church 
and saying, bring everybody to the church. Um, huh. That kind of sounds familiar. That's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like over here, isn't it? The, I wonder yeah, where they yeah. got that idea. <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of Western influence in, in the churches that are here. Okay. So, well, at this point, it would it would sound like, oh, no, it doesn't look good. But you're thinking maybe things could begin to change, you think? I, I, I believe there there's some strong movements, certainly in Isan. Um, they're, they're seeing some specific things in uh, northern, uh, northeastern, um, uh, northern Thailand, uh, in the Chiang Rai, Chiang Mai area. There's some exciting things happening. It's not all necessarily organized under the same umbrella, but there's a there's a belief that that we need to grow. There's some that are still traditionally thinking buildings, and those are growing at a slower pace. The ones that aren't being hindered by that are seeing some pretty pretty exciting numbers, and so it's it's pretty exciting uh-huh. to, um, to to see. That's uh, that's interesting. So you just uh, you made a statement. I would say more than just you implied it, but you made it pretty clear that the buildings actually would be a hindrance to the growth that they that you're seeing in other places. Is that true? Well, they they are because they they require resources. They're a distraction to going out. You need to justify why you have the building. You've got to pay the bills. You've got to maintain it. And you become very inward focused. And for those that don't have that, they don't have to worry about that. They just go meet in a in a coffee shop or in a um you know in a, in, in a market or uh, in, in a little restaurant or coffee shop or whatever, and so they they they're able to just move around and and really more easily grow. And, yeah. And so even the church that that we've trained here really gets it, but they still instead of starting a new group and a group of people, their inclination is bring them to church. Uh huh, and then yeah. they get into the same trap. So, um, <laughs> yeah. The, so it's the other paradigm shift is really teaching teachers and pastors to teach discovery and not teaching, and so that's the other other piece that that's really really hard that I've seen is that they're so ingrained at teaching and preaching that. It, it's hard for them to keep their lips sealed and <laughs> ask the question, what does that say about man? What does that say about God? What do you like about this story? What do you find challenging? And sitting there and keeping your mouth shut and waiting until they answer. Eventually, they will answer. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So are you part of a group like that? I am trying to help some ties start that. That, that okay. has been the biggest challenge is they want to teach it. They're eager to throw it out. But yeah. But they're yeah. they're they're making progress. I, I can't say yeah. that um you know I, I think probably uh in, in other parts of Isan they're having more success with that. 
Um, okay. But they've been at it for five or six years. So they got okay. five or six years of, of this training underneath their mentality. Uh, and these are church leaders. And, and I'll tell you, another really sad, sad statistic is there's over 100, 100 churches that have been trained in Exxon in DMM, and only 10 are actively doing it. Oh, wow. So now the whole, the, oh, man. Yeah, so the DMM, that disciple-making uh, disciple movement, so the reason why there's some encouraging news is because you do see some of that happening, and as that multiplies, that could really make a difference in Thailand, right? It, it, is. Oh. it is. Now that that's exciting. So there are a few a few movements happening that you're aware well, of. And the strategy that that it is really we're we're really trying to engage now is getting the Lao people to come over and work with the Thai people, huh. um, because they think this is great. Wow, I don't have to worry about getting locked up in prison. I can just go talk <laughs> to anybody. So they just bold, they just boldly go through these villages and and tell their story and tell God's story. Oh, and and so we're talking 150 to 180 presentations in a day. Wow. So, oh. Um, I mean, they're and they just think it's great, and so it's exciting because the ties get to see that, and they're going, "Wow!" Because <laughs> ties can get hung up on. I got to build a relationship. I got to, you know, I got to get to know them. They got to get to know me, and 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 the loud, they just go right at it. They're just yeah. That's <laughs> that is amazing. I wasn't aware of that even when I was there uh, with you in August that they're. The, the, the loud believers. They, they've been when they had just had their second team over. There's another one coming in in April, and another group coming in in June. And so we're praying for some of them to make a longer commitment than just two or three days, and actually stick around for um, you know a thirty day a short term. Yeah. So it's like they. It seems like it sounds like they believe that maybe the gospel. Is the power of God for salvation? <laughs> Where would well, they get such a crazy idea? <laughs> yeah. Well, and just being bold with it, and and just going and yeah. sort let, let it sort out. Um, yeah, and and so and again, the other key piece is then the follow up, the local follow up, and so we had. Um, so that's really been the focus of the first first team that that came over. Um, there. One of the one of the groups have excellent follow up, and I believe there's there's ten new new house churches that have started. Um, wow! But out of the other teams, there you know, there was no follow up, and you know I I asked the question of somebody when we went out into a village. I said, "If you get in touch with so and so, no, we haven't been back." Okay, that was that was six weeks ago. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and the idea is you uh, they they preach the gospel, people give their lives to the Lord, and when you say follow up, you're talking basically starting groups. 
Well, starting a, a group, and actually, the, the, we really focus more on would you like to learn more about uh -huh. Jesus rather than yeah. would you like to follow Jesus right then? Because we found that if we get them in, that sets the stage better for a group. Yeah. To learn more. And very yeah. quickly, within the first couple of meetings, then they're getting people that are, that are accepting Jesus. That's awesome. And how big would one of those groups be, or how big are they, the ones you've mentioned? That well, the ones one that, that we're, we're seeing uh, uh, from, from these team follow-ups are anywhere from 8 to 15, 16. Okay. okay. Maybe four or five families. And so yeah. they're typically going into to unreached uh, villages. They're looking... They've mapped out these areas and they're going into districts that don't have any churches and then they pick villages and, and strategically go out and hit three or four of them in a group so that the ability is as they build some of these groups, they can, you know, kind of have a common, not be so spread out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I can see how what you said earlier, how then to think that to have an actual fellowship they would need to build a building in these villages that would be a major hindrance like you were talking about so you're what you're seeing is these small groups developing with the potential to multiply because they don't have to have a building how about yeah. the people who lead them are they do they have to go to seminary <laughs> uh, no no <laughs> oh did, did, did Legion, how, how, how many days of seminary did Legion have? <laughs> Legion. <laughs> Legion. When, when Jesus cast all, all, all of the, the demons out of, of the crazy man in the cemetery. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, you're right. He went back to his, his people right away, and people started giving their lives to the Lord. And he hadn't even, I don't think he even had a three-circle sticker on his phone. I'm pretty sure he probably did not. <laughs> yeah, so this this potential multiplying that's already starting to happen that is uh, that is very encouraging and and I think the Lord has you there to uh, to really stir that up in a good way. Well, I'm 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 praying he he does. I'm praying that he, he gives me blessings with with language. I'm I'm really going to probably focus more on language and just this little group, and let some of the other um, kingdom workers that are around here that are focused on DMM that speak Thai um, handle some of the the team. We 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 expect a loud team to come work in in this area uh, probably in the next four or five months. We're trying to set that stage and have three or four uh, churches that are that are ready to do the follow up. Talking twenty four yeah. hours. Oh man, that could be. So, how many churches are in your your town now? Regular churches, would you guess? There's, you know, we mapped it out. There's actually sixteen um, churches in in the in the Nankai area. Okay, so you have a team come in from Laos and see four or five churches start, house churches. That's a big increase in just a short time. Right. Well, and there's still over half, well, a little less than, I guess, a third of the, the sub-districts that don't have any churches. So it's really thinking 
strategically, where where isn't Jesus now? Amen. Casting that that vision to strategically think, okay, what's and it doesn't do any good to go say, well, wow, I really like that one. But if it's a forty minute drive, who's yeah. going to support? It? So you've got to have believers that are comfortable with leading new groups close. So yeah, it's easy to think, okay, let's just go out to those. But sometimes you got to take baby steps and kind of grow out from where Hongsanee's latest family that that she's discipling and and really doing an awesome job with that lives 10 minutes from her. So she stops by four or five times a week. I mean, she's she's there all the time, and that's huge. The one that she's discipling that's 30 minutes away, maybe one time a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, the follow up is so key. That's, that's good. Well, that it is, uh, you know, you're familiar with the city for the nations. uh, And our hope is the the city of Jacksonville impacting Thailand. Our hope is to, uh, to see these, uh, these disciple making movements spread all over the country. And that would be, uh, that would be just amazing. So, well, that's encouraging that you're seeing it some, and maybe it'll begin to grow. Actually, grow. We want it to multiply, right? That's the. Uh, I want it to explode, and it's kind yeah. of been like my language learning. I really have the high <laughs> hope of just speaking Thai, and it, it just hasn't exploded like I envisioned it. It, it will. Yeah. Well, yeah. But again, as I step back and I look at these places where it is, they've been doing and these trainings and planting and looking for the true people that will go out and actually do it for six years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, not a, it's not an overnight process as much as we'd like. I, I think there's some explosive things that can happen Yeah. Uh, with, with some people. And, I mean, one yeah. of the the stories that uh, was um, during the COVID when everybody locked down, all the churches just said, okay, now what do we do? How do we yeah. do them? How do we do groups? How do we even do church? Yeah. And the one guy started 24 new house churches on Zoom. Oh, wow. <laughs> he just didn't even let that. He just said, okay, wow, there's technology. We can get around that. And yeah. so he just went on online. Again, an unchurched person, so he didn't have any traditional things that that tied him down. He was just on fire for Jesus, and yeah, wasn't going to let a thing like not being able to meet anywhere in person stop him from sharing that. So. Yeah, wow. Well, that is uh, that is awesome. And now, hopefully, some of those churches that he started are able some to of- continue. Some of them are in second and third generation. Uh, and so there's, actually, there, there's actually some fourth generation uh, from the original starting group that started wow. about five years ago. Yeah, um, that's good. Well, just a word of a, encouragement. Years ago, I uh, uh, we had a man share a couple of things that uh, I think really apply to the DMM strategy. He goes, you have to start small to get big. 
you have to start slow to go fast. And so even though you're, you're seeing uh, a slow beginning in the years ahead, as it multiplies, <laughs> it could begin to really have an impact in Thailand. Um, That's, I'm hoping to God that uh, that does that, man. Give God the yeah. glory. Amen. How about if I pray that that happens, and then we can finish awesome. up? Yeah. Well, thank you, Lord, for Craig. Uh, thank you, Lord, for a man who uh, isn't just uh, collecting seashells and playing golf and and uh, just spending his retirement focused on him, but he is he has uh, moved to a place completely different than what. He was used to a totally different culture. He's learning a new language. I just thank you, Lord, for for Craig and for his willingness to do that and following after you. And I pray, God, that you will bless him, uh, that you'll bless him with his language learning, that you will help that even to begin to uh, just get easier and easier the longer he's in it, that it will just begin to make more and more sense and it'll come even faster than he and he, he's kind of thinking right now. So bless him in that. We pray, God, for the country of Thailand. Uh, we're grateful that there's freedom of religion, freedom to preach the gospel there. We just ask you, Lord, to raise up uh, these people, even the Lao people who are coming over to share the gospel. Just raise up an army, Lord, of people who will be sharing the gospel and starting groups and beginning uh, these discovery groups. As Craig uh, described, we just are, we're believing you, Lord, that uh, the beginnings of many movements uh, are, are just now happening, and uh, we're excited for what could happen in the future. So thank you, Lord, for Craig and for his willingness to live there and uh, minister there and influence people there toward uh, this strategy that could really have a major impact. So we ask you to bless him and thank you, Lord, for uh, again for his willingness to go. Bless him in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, thank you, brother. So good to see you. I hope to see you maybe either later this spring or in the summertime. Absolutely, that would be awesome. All right, bless you. Good to see you. Thank you. God bless. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. It's a true story, as you'll hear hear each week, from others who are experiencing and who have witnessed the truth that Jesus is winning in many places around the world, some of the hardest places in the world. And so if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, would you go ahead and do that now? You'll be encouraged each week as we learn and hear about the truth that Jesus is winning. Have a great week. Thanks.